Good morning, church. Happy New Year to everyone. Welcome to 2024. If you were hoping for one last day of Christmas lights, you got it. Next week, we will start a new series here at Glen Allen Bible Church called Jesus Versus Religion. Would love to have you come out for that new series. Today, we're going to be talking about prayer and fasting as we start the new year. We're we're going to set some goals for ourselves with prayer and fasting. That will be our topic this morning. If you are a guest with us, we are so glad that you're here. My name is John. I serve as one of the pastors on staff. We hope that you feel quickly at home here. We hope that you feel like you can belong here at Glen Allen Bible Church. If you'd uh, make your way after the service to the Welcome Center, there's a table there with a volunteer who would love to answer any questions you have about the church. They have a book for you as a gift that explains who we are as a church, kind of walks through our mission and vision and, and what we're all about. We also have a gym that will be full of conversation and coffee and donuts, so please make your way there to get to know some folks. And then finally, if you would like to do the most awkward type of welcome. You can come and say hello or good morning to me. I'll be down front, standing right here, hoping to shake your hand and get to know you a little bit better this morning. If I were to open with, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor, would you be mine? Won't you be my all right. For many of us, those lyrics take us back in time, don't they? Maybe you can envision yourself like I can envision myself in front of a television set in your living room, back when TVs were in the living room. Our TV was encased in wood. Remember those? The big glass screen. The thing weighed more than the car in the garage. <laughs> I can remember my mom getting 30 minutes of peace and quiet while the kids sat on the floor and watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Remember Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was a show that was geared toward preschool-aged or early elementary-aged children, and it taught us all sorts of lessons about the world in which we lived in and about our lives and about our feelings. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood ran on the television for 33 years straight, ending in 2001. The 2019 film A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood starred Tom Hanks, told the story of the life and relationships of Mr. Rogers. He's one of the most famous TV personalities of all time. But what's interesting to me about Mr. Rogers is that he, he wasn't simply a television personality. Did you know that Mr. Rogers testified in front of the U.S. Senate? Did you know that in 1987 he actually traveled to Moscow as part of a goodwill delegation and was on a television show in Moscow during the, the Cold War in 1987. He visited with several U.S. presidents. 
They actually earned a presidential medal of freedom, as well as countless Lifetime Achievement Award. He won a Lifetime Achievement Emmy Award. More than that, did you know that Mr. Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian minister? That he kept up his ordination all the years that he was on television? And when he would go to his ordination council meetings, he would explain that his ministry assignment was not to a local church, but to a television audience. That's where God has assigned me. He publicly would declare that his teaching for children was informed and influenced by his Christian faith. Mr. Rogers is probably most famously known for the catchy little songs, right? Like the one we sang this morning. Or his quotes. Let me share a few of his quotes with you this morning. All of us at some time or another need help. Whether we're giving or receiving help, each one of us has something valuable to bring to this world. Mr. Rogers said, love and success, always in that order. It's that simple and that difficult. He would say to to children things like this, I hope you're proud of yourself for the times you've said yes, when all it meant was extra work for you and was seemingly helpful only to someone else. He's talking to children, but I suspect he's also talking to moms and dads listening in the room next door. Rogers was known for helping children process their fears. One of his most famous quotes was, one about him being a boy and being afraid. He said, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. It's interesting what sticks with you when you're an adult from what you heard and experienced as a child. It's interesting what sticks with you because I remember on September 11, 2001 and seeing the horrific things that were happening. And I remember looking at the TV and looking at the news and looking for helpers. Looking for helpers. And after the events of that tragic day, we heard story after story of helpers, didn't we? Mr. Rogers was probably most known for his helping children with their feelings. Anger and sadness and fear and joy. Mr. Rogers famously said, you know, everyone has lots of ways of feeling. And all those ways of feeling are fine. It is what we do with our feelings that matters most in life. Isn't that true? Church, we all have feelings. All sorts of different kinds of feelings. 
fear and sadness and joy and excitement, confusion, frustration. But what do we do with those feelings? Do we act on every single one of them? Do we overshare? Do we, do we bury them deep and, and undershare? What do we do with those types of feelings? This morning, I want to talk about a, a certain category a, or a certain type of feeling that we often face around this time of year, around the new year. As we close the door on a year and we open the door to a new one, many of us have unique feelings that come up around this time of year. Some of us are really excited for 2024. Thank goodness 2023 is done. And some of us are, are fearful about what might be coming up ahead in this year. Maybe things that are even just right around the corner. Some of us have worry and anxiety and questions things that are unknown. It's very common around this time of year for us to, to feel those feelings in some pretty powerful ways. And so this morning I want to talk about that category of feelings, feelings about the future. Now, of course, the, the Bible is full of all sorts of wisdom for us in how we deal with these types of feelings. Let me share with you a, a few of those verses this morning. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Man, isn't that powerful? Present all that you have. Give it to God and let his peace wash over you. Isaiah 35, verse 4 says, Be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance and divine retribution. He will come to save you. Man, that's beautiful. Or how about Matthew 6, verse 25 and 27? Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they, uh, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? When people talk about Jesus being a brilliant teacher, these are the types of things that they are referring to. Some incredibly valuable teaching for our lives. God, God's word here in these instances speaks directly to our, our hearts, directly to our, our fears. But this morning, I, I want to do something a little bit unique. I want us to turn to the Old Testament book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 10, if you want to flip there in your copy of the scriptures or go there on your phone. 
The reason why we're going to go to Daniel 10 this morning and walk through this text together is because in this chapter 10 of Daniel, we have an example of someone who is dealing with a lot of fear and worry and questions about the future. And my hope is that we can look to the life of Daniel and look to the things that he's done and how God interacts with him and we can make some applications for our lives today as we think about prayer and fasting and as we kick off the new year. Let me read verses 1 through 14 for us this morning. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up from there, and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, as his, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of, my chief prince, one of the chief princes, came to me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. All right, let me give us a little bit of background and some context to the passage so that we can have a, a better understanding of what is happening here. First of all, the writer of Daniel, the book of Daniel, is Daniel himself. And Daniel is writing this book from Babylon. Daniel made it to Babylon because he was part of the, uh, the Israelites that were um, cap made captives and brought back to Babylon. The Babylonian Empire had conquered Jerusalem and Israel, and they took with them a number of people and brought them back to Babylon to live in exile, to live in captivity. And Daniel, scholars tell us, was most likely a teenager at that point and made the trip to Babylon. Daniel was a gifted person, a, a gifted leader, special knowledge from the Lord. 
and he rose to prominence in the Babylonian Empire. Had a voice with the king and was a prominent figure in the Babylonian Empire. Daniel himself was a a faithful follower of God, committed to God, listened to God, prayed to God, even in this, this foreign empire. He's most famously known for his time spent in the lion's den. I remember that story. It's a very common story. Daniel refused to pray to other gods and bow to foreign leaders, and so he was thrown into the lion's den, and God supernaturally intervened, closing the mouths of lions and putting them to rest, and Daniel survived. It's probably the most famous story about Daniel. The book of Daniel is unique in that it, it shares with us some historical narrative about the, the people of Israel and about the kings and the Babylonian Empire, but it also contains a significant amount of prophecy about the future and things that are to come. It's unique in that it was written by Daniel in a foreign land under exile. And so Daniel, this faithful man of God, has an issue come up for him in his life. He's been given this this vision. And in the vision, there's this this bad news that comes. There's going to be a great war in the future. And Daniel doesn't know what this all means. He's, He's confused and he's frustrated and he's anxious and he's worried about what this means. What what is God going to do? What is God doing? He needs understanding. And so what does Daniel decide to do? Verses 2 and 3 explain it. At that time, after hearing this news and after being filled with worry about the future, he says, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. And I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. This is a posture of praying and fasting before God. Mourning, crying out to God for understanding. It's a posture of of humbling oneself before God. Knowing that Daniel cannot figure this out on his own. Daniel cannot do this on his own. He needs the Lord's help. Daniel prays and Daniel fasts. All right, so, so then what happens? Well, Daniel is then visited by what we can assume is an angel of the Lord. And this angel doesn't give their name, but most scholars would agree that this is likely Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, who has come to meet Daniel and admittedly things get a little bit confusing there's some stuff that's entered in here that we're like wait what what who's he talking about what's going on here Gabriel is is talking to us and we're talking to Daniel and we're reading it here about things that are happening in the spiritual realm there's a a prince of Persia and other uh, later on in the chapter he mentions some other places where there's these territorial spirits and, and Gabriel has been interacting with them. 
And what we need to, to understand is that that is some interesting stuff. It's, it's worth, you know, at some point learning and talking about, but that's not the, the central point of the passage here. That's not what the angel Gabriel really came to Daniel to, to tell him about or to teach about. What's important here for us, for Daniel, is his time of prayer and fasting. God is focused on the territorial spirits and what's happening there. We are to be focused on what's happening in our lives, and and we can look to the life of Daniel for some direction. The real takeaway here for us this morning is what happens in Daniel 10, verse 12. Let me read that verse again for us. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Now, church, that's a a very... extremely important verse for us to understand prayer, to understand the power of prayer. Notice what Gabriel says, I have come because of your words. And in verse 11, he says, I have been sent to you. So what we can gather from from this verse, what has happened is that Daniel has been praying, mourning, crying out to God in in a humble posture through his fasting. And God has actually heard his words and seen his posture. And God responds to what Daniel is doing and to the words that he has cried out. So the question before us is, what do we do when we face worry or confusion or anxiety or frustration about the future, about maybe bad news that we have heard? What do we do when we need understanding that can only come from the Lord? What do we do? You know, the one thing that they don't tell you when you have children is how much more worry enters your life. I have five. And so it's like, it's like five times the worry. And I, and I know people in here have children and grandchildren. It's, it's enough to have to worry about yourself and your life and what's going to happen, but now you have to worry about somebody else, right? We take on all this worry. We look at the events of our world and what's going on all around us, what we need to do, what might be happening in our own lives. And I don't know about you, but guys, the first thing that I tend to do is look directly at myself and think, how can I figure this out? What can I do to make this worry go away? Can I read something? Can I learn something? Can I talk with somebody? Can I pick up the phone? 
Can I work on something? Who do I need to talk to? I take it all on myself to figure it out. Grab the wheel. Control it, right? I won't ask for a sign of hands, but I, I think that I'm probably not alone in that. And what we see here in the life of Daniel is something completely and totally opposite. And I get it, right? Like, Daniel's a unique character. He's a unique guy in the, in the biblical narrative. He's a unique place in, in our faith history. And I don't think many of us are probably visited by an angel of the Lord and given a, a vision that is particularly troubling. I don't think it's impossible, but I don't think it's, it's, it's happening on a regular basis here. But I do think the feelings that Daniel had, a loss of, of appetite even, a, a feeling of overwhelmed, of, of frustrated and concerned and, and needing direction from the Lord, I think we can relate to that feeling. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we often don't turn to God. And we don't enter a posture of, of mourning of crying out, of looking to only him for the answer. And so this morning, church, I want to encourage all of us to take that posture of Daniel as we begin this new year. And this is not to, in an effort to try to manipulate God as though our praying and our fasting warrants some kind of response from him. That's not the takeaway of this passage. Now, clearly, there is, is something that's happening in prayer between us and God. That God does hear our prayer, and God does listen to our prayer, and God does meet us in our prayers. That he cares for us in his timing. And so I want to encourage us, this, as we start this, this new year, to, to be like Daniel. It's been our habit here at Glen Ellen Bible over the, the past few years, maybe even a decade now, to, to begin the new year with a season, a three-week season of prayer and fasting. Now, admittedly, that length of time of three weeks is pretty arbitrary. We could go for one week or we could go for four weeks. There's no prescribed length of time in Scripture but we've selected three weeks because it reminds us of Daniel. It reminds us of the three weeks that, that Daniel, the experience that he had. And we also do three weeks because it, it's long enough to establish some new habits without feeling completely and totally overwhelming. This season of 21 days runs from January 11 through 31. And I want to invite us to humbly present ourselves before God individually and as a community of faith. In the area of prayer, we would encourage some specific types of prayer over these next 21 days. First of all, we would encourage salvation, praying for salvation for the lost, for our family and friends, for the strengthening of our relationships, 
our relationships in our families and our, our relationships here in the family of God. That we pray for increased compassion towards those in need, for greater understanding of the, the scripture and a, a growing love of Christ. That we would pray for freedom from sin and we'd pray for an understanding and for guidance from the Lord. In the area of fasting, now I know that as a congregation we've been doing this for a number of years, but I, I know that fasting may be new to, to many in the room or something that you're, you're not super familiar with or maybe you're even uh, a little bit afraid of what fasting might be. What fasting is is to um, abstain from, from food or from drink for a specific period of time. There's dozens of possible ways to fast. Some popular options are to fast from a single meal each day. You can fast from a certain beverage or a certain type of food. Fast during a daylight hours or fast during nighttime hours. Church, there's literally limitless ways to structure the way that you would fast. And we aren't encouraging anyone to go on some kind of hunger strike. That's not what we're doing. We're encouraging a, a posture of humbleness, submission to God, seeking Him first. There's a ton of resources on both prayer and fasting on our website. If you go to gebible.org and click on the resources tab, there's a whole section there of guides and prayer guides and fasting guides and videos to encourage you over the 21 days. We're also going to have some times to gather publicly to pray together as a community of faith, and I would really encourage you to be a part of those gatherings. We have our Sunday morning and our Wednesday night Zoom prayer, which will continue on. You can contact Kelly to get on that list and to be a part of that, but we are, are also going to have some times of gathering together as a body. On the 14th and the 21st and the 28th, we'll, we'll gather from 6 to 7 p.m. and pray together as a church. I see many of you taking your phones out and trying to take pictures of all this information. An email is going out this week. We'll cover all of these uh, events and get you all the information that you need. Church, I want to make it really, really clear this morning as we kick off this new year and as we deal with a lot of feelings that come during this season. I really want to encourage us to be like Daniel, to turn to the Lord in humble submission to him. That we seek our understanding and our wisdom from him humbly as a church. Let me pray. Father God, we, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Daniel and how you met him in such a special and powerful way. Lord, we thank you that our prayers are not uh, meaningless, but that they are meaningful as we can hear from you, commune with you, and connect with you. God, we love you. We thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand. We'll sing together.